You are now tuned in to the real Coach JB Slapdick Podcast. Last chance for me, will I make it, will I take it to the top, we gon' see, it's a last chance for you, last chance for me, it's a last chance for you, last chance for me, it's a last chance for you, last chance for me, will I make it, will I take it to the top, What up, what up, Real Coach JB here, man, another Slapdick Podcast, a special one today, um, I'll get into it. Quote of the day, though, take the risk or lose the chance. Kind of goes hand in hand with the show. Um, I'll get into why that is here shortly after I pay the bills. Um, But take the risk or lose the chance. Um, Remember that. The Super Bowl is right around the corner. If you're looking to place any bet on any any of the sports online, go to betonline.ag. It's the best and only place to lock it in. Listen, I just bet last night. I fucking lost $300, but don't worry about that. Bet this weekend, the second round of the NFL playoffs are here. You got the Lakers tonight. You got NBA basketball. They traded James Harden to uh, the Nets with his crybaby ass. Um, Kyrie Irving looks like he fucking faked it the whole way just to make it happen. So it is what it is. From game spreads and totals to team player and coaching props, Bet Online gives you more options to wager than any place online, and there is only one online casino as well. It never closes. So go to betonline.ag today. Take full advantage of the great sign-up bonuses. Again, that's betonline.ag and sign up today. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. So uh, take the risk or lose the chance. Name of this title of this show is It's Never Too Late, and I'll get into it. Um, But this show is really dedicated to my daughter, who I found after 13 years. We rekindled. I I don't know if you saw my podcast I mean, my YouTube and uh, my social media post last night. Um, her ass has TikTok, which I just barely fucking got. She uh, posted something that has like damn near a million views. So she don't need my uh, fucking so-called celebrity status to get some views. So just for you slap dicks out there who think so, um, you know me better than that. But at the same time, this show is dedicated to her. This show will be called It's Never Too Late. And um, just like it's never too late to impeach the fucking president that's leaving office, the only motherfucker ever to get impeached twice just happened today, your boy Trump. So all you fucking Trump fans out there in your Tonka trucks with no fucking teeth and your mom is your sister, holler at your boy. So take the risk or lose the chance. And like I said... Um, this show will be very interesting. It'll be on YouTube as well, but, um, I'll be signing off. Just stay tuned, listen up and, uh, you'll meet my daughter Giselle, um, going forward and, um, actually say hello. I'm laughing at that. Holla at your boy. That's fine. They're all, they, they're used to that by now. That's my daughter right there. So 22 years old. Fuck. I'm glad I had her when I did. So I'm not 75 when she's 22. <laughs> we were actually just talking about that. Mm-hmm. Um, hi. I'm What's looking, up? Am I looking here? No, we're not even on audio yet. Oh. So I mean video. So um, now you've heard her voice, and now uh, stay tuned. And uh, you'll get to see, uh, see it on YouTube. Follow us on YouTube. Go to my YouTube channel, and um, 
Make sure you subscribe. Become a member if you want to be part of the Coaching 101 show, which I start back this Sunday, the 17th, 9 a.m. Pacific. And uh, go from there. But anyway, um, we're here on YouTube. And uh, we'll be posting on Twitter and Instagram. And I'll give you guys her handle and all that shit. If there's any perverts out there, anyone that says some stupid shit, I will find your ass. Because because uh, I found her after 13 years, so don't be a fucking shitbird and a slap dick. Um, so anyway, we're we're here, man, and I don't know if you guys know the story. Um, I took my daughter from California to Kansas when I went to college to play football. All right, and this was back uh, shit two thousand the end of ninety nine two thousand. All right, she was born in January of ninety nine, so I left. Um, to go to college January 4th actually her birthday I had a junior college All-American game in Vegas that she was at and we came back home to Cali and we did some deciding between me and the grandmother her grandmother on her mom's side we had some decisions to make and it was just not right for me to take her at the time for my you know me leaving and going to college so um, so she stayed with the grandmother here in California and I would talk to her by the phone and et cetera, et cetera. So just trying to catch everyone up. So uh, my second year going into college, I was there. You know, there was some things going on that I didn't like uh, between her mother and uh, her significant other. So I came home to California. And long story short, I uh, felt it was right to take my daughter. Um, legally, of course, I had the, I had custodial rights over her grandmother because the mother wasn't with her at the time so I took her with me to Kansas drove her across the country and uh the rest is kind of history uh, she was with me for about six months during my junior year and um you know the grandmother and mother decided to try to fight and get her and we tried to keep her in Kansas didn't work out when you're a college student with no money it's kind of hard to hire lawyers and etc so all you dads out there, keep your head up, keep grinding. It's a marathon, not a sprint. I know a lot of this happens to a lot of you guys, and so um, this is a good teachable moment, apparently, or, or or possibly for you. So anyway, long story short, from that point on, it became pulling hair, pulling teeth to see her, and uh, I was automatically kind of labeled the bad guy in my opinion. But she was obviously too young to understand or know any of this, and so years went by. Um, I would see her. As a youngster growing up, I would see her on weekends only or, or some partial visitational rights that in California kind of are favored towards the woman. And that's kind of how it is. And long story short, um, you know, we we kind of I went around doing my thing. I, I went college another year, went to the professionals, played all over arena, Europe, did all that stuff. And then I started in the workforce, man, as a coach and then uh Still, she was around for a while as a, as a little, as, you know, second, third, fourth grade. And one day, um, her mom called me to get some insurance under my name, and I went to do the paperwork. And she was in the fourth grade. I was coaching at Shafee Community College here in California. And basically, after that paperwork was done, was the last time I seen my daughter or heard from her. And everything kind of went sideways for me. And so. Unfortunately, you know, the babies are in are kind of in the middle of it all. And uh, she didn't know anything. She's being told one thing, not the other. And we're not here to bash anyone. I'm just, 
I'm glad I found her. Um, hope she's glad she found me. And so we're going to kind of go from here. And, uh, and we'll get into telling our story. And so we've rekindled last Friday. We met in uh, Century City at a mall. Um, I think my dog just shitted on my leg. It smells so bad. But, um, you know, we rekindled it in, uh, in a mall in, 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 in California, out here in L.A., and we met for about four or five hours, and then, uh, and so it was good. And then uh, Sunday, I took her to Vegas. Do you want to say why I took you to Vegas? Well, I thought it was appropriate to ask for a computer after 13 years. Wow. See how you don't, Dad, don't fucking be gone for 13 years. You have to buy a fucking laptop. No, it was actually so ironic because my computer died that night. <laughs> it was working. Mm-hmm. And I have to do all my work online, so... I actually messaged him at 5 a.m. Like, I work all throughout the night. I'm, like, a super night person. And it's cool because I can just message him at, like, 3, 4, 5, and he actually responds. I don't sleep. So I messaged him at, like, 5.30 a.m. And I was like, do you want to get me a computer? Because <laughs> that's, that's what we live for, right? We, of course, yay, I want to get you a fucking $2,000 computer. No problem. <laughs> now, I don't want to, like... Go get me nothing to eat or nothing? No. <laughs> and, and he responds and he's like, well, what kind of computer? And of course, I only want to work on an Apple computer. <sighs> right. And it has to be the newest one. I mean, the last time I got a computer was in seventh grade. I mean, you weren't around for it. <laughs> seventh grade. Yeah, she made sure I knew that too in the text. <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, well, shit, you've been deprived, woman. Yeah, it's been, you know, since seventh grade and I can't do my work without my computer, so... Oh, my God, it smells horrible. My dogs, I changed their diet. It smells like I'm in a fucking cow pasture. I'm sorry for the language with my daughter next to me, but I think she already knows who her dad is. Um, But, yeah. But anyway, yeah, sorry to cut her off. She asked me for a computer, needless to say, and I said, yeah. So guess what? Tell the rest of the story. She's like, let me tell you this before she goes and tells you the story. She goes, oh, by the way, we have to go to an Apple store, and I don't know where that one's open because I don't think California well, no. has them open. Okay, he said that we could get it online, but it, it's like a two-week to yeah. one-month wait period. I was like, oh, no, I, like, I can't wait a month, so we have to go into the ac- like, actual Apple store. And he's like, well, let Yay. me see what I can order. And I was like, no, we need to go into the store. He's like, okay, fine, we'll go into the store. And so he gave in. And so because of the, the lockdown you know, in L.A., none of the Apple stores are open. So I was like... Okay, well, let me check Nevada. So I'm like looking up, you know, if any of the Apple stores in Nevada are open. And I was like, oh, cool. Conveniently, Las Vegas is open. And so I came over to his house for the first time the next day. And we booked it all the way to Vegas. Yay. <laughs> and we got she goes, I shit you not. The only one is in Nevada. And I'm <laughs> like, what? So I didn't know that shit was closed either. So. Yeah, we found out. So anyway, I had to pull kind of some, uh, I had to pull a little, I had to use a little uh, clout card, man. I had to call a buddy of mine. She wanted a special ass one, of course, not the basic shit. She needed updated RAM, updated fucking this, updated this. She wanted a terabyte, not a this. I'm like, holy shit. Well, anyway, it's like two to three weeks to get that made because they have to make the computer. So I had a buddy of mine I that works for Apple. I called him and he made it happen, man. And I we I had to be there by five thirty. This was like eleven in the morning at this time. 
she got here. She saw my house. We kind of BSed around and, and showed her around. And so we got out of here a little later than normal, but we still made it <laughs> on time. So yeah, it smells horrible in here because of my dogs. I'm sorry. But uh, that's part of um, she's missed that for, you know, 13 years. So she needs to smell the dog shit. But anyway, we drove to Vegas and uh, and it was a great experience for me. <laughs> I'm totally fucking with everyone, by the way, because I got to spend uh, some money on a laptop, spend the most overpriced fucking sushi you've ever had in your life. Don't let me ever Yelp review the place we went because I'll shit on the place. But anyway, I know a lot of you guys followed me on Twitter and Instagram and were trying to meet me that night. I'm sorry I left, um, but I got all your messages, man. I, um, I know you I know you guys all came up there to Nobu, but I was gone. Um so I'm actually happy I didn't meet you fucks in person. But uh, maybe some of you are all right. Some of you are probably some keyboard cowardly fucks that I always have hating on me. That there's probably some fat donut eating fuck that don't help nobody and I just talk really shit. I was surprised if people came up to you. I was like, there's no way people are going to walk up and notice him. It was like a random, what, Sunday afternoon you know, should have bet. Should have bet. Fuck. I should have bet you. I said it too. I was like, you know, we're gonna get zero people that come up. And so, really, you thought that? I told him the whole time. I said I knew if it wasn't a pandemic, it would have been way worse. I mean, but you had a mask on. I know. That's but I had slapstick on it. So you gotta so, understand. They know that. Yeah, like three people came up. A whole group of guys. Yeah, it's crazy times. And then one of the security. Remember the security guy? He hit me up on YouTube. Yeah. Hit me up on YouTube. But anyway, because um, he saw our post last night when I posted that I met, I reconnected, and he was like, Coach, I'm so, I never imagined you were with your daughter. I'm, I'm so uh, appreciative that you took time to shake my hand. So he was cool. But um, right outside of Nobu. Really? When we were waiting. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. But anyway, so we're here, man. We're here to tell our little story and kind of, you know, let everyone know. So I know it was huge. I know I get a thousand emails and a thousand DMs about my daughter and from the show. So I appreciate all the interest. Um, you know, I'm pretty private when it comes to anything, especially my daughter. I never really was going to mention her or do anything. But once we met and re-met and reconnected, um, you know, it was um, it seemed like it was something fitting that people might do. Might be able to help some other people down the line, fathers and daughters alike. Daughters that are afraid or don't know what to do or how to reach out. And fathers that are looking for their daughters for whatever reason. Um, this might be something that can help you guys. So, so you know, the, the title of this show is Never Too Late. And um, and it's, we're going to get into kind of what, you know, what, what happened and, and kind of fill you in, catch you up, and um, just shoot the shit. So, tune in. And uh, like I said, uh, hope you enjoy the story. But, you know. See what happens. So, Giselle, what, I'm gonna I'm gonna kind of just Q and A this thing. Um, what? Tell your story, kind of like uh, what you remember. So obviously, I have like a really sharp memory. Yeah, she does, man. It's unbelievable. Like she was telling me, like, yeah, I remember you drove me to Kansas in the lightning storm. I'm like, you were fucking 18 months old. I remember the most random, like, small... She remembers feeding my mom's dogs with what kind of cookie it was. I was, yeah, feeding, yeah. 
<sighs> Unbelievable. Dogs, what type of dogs they were, what type of cookies they were. Yeah, I told my mom that last night, and she was like, what? Yeah, I, she, my mom knows. She's like, yeah, it was a vanilla wafer type mm-hmm. cookie or vanilla, like, it's kind of like an Oreo, but it had the vanilla in the middle. Yeah. I'm like, wow. But I anyway, guess, what do you remember? Um, so I remember small things like that. I remember it was always on Sundays when we would yep. hang out. Yep. I pick you up like on Sundays. One time a month or man, like maybe once yeah, a month, something yeah. like that. And that okay. happened throughout my childhood up until fourth, fourth grade. grade. Yeah. And it must have been the end of fourth grade because I remember one of our like class projects was to make like a Father's Day little like kind of like art project about your dad. Yeah, it was like a fault, you know, you make yeah, something yeah. and you're going to give it to your father. Uh-huh. And so I remember holding it, like keeping it at home, and I was going to give it to you, at, you know, for Father's Day, which was June 20-something uh-huh. of 2000, I guess it would have been 2008. Eight or, yeah, or nine, yeah. Yeah, 2008 or nine. And so that would have been late June. And so that must have been why we were working on... Father's Day thing, because we ended school in, like, June, so, and I, I just remember keeping it for a few years. I might have, not only, I might have thrown it away four years later, so I kept it, like, under my desk in my room, because I was planning to, like, give it to you, but, really? yeah, so that's, that's kind of why fourth grade was so significant to me, because that Father's Day thing, mm. and so... I was always confused as to why, like, it was fourth grade, like, when I was nine, specifically, why, you know, we lost, like, touch. Messing with the mic. Yeah. Can you hear me? Is that fine? Yeah. So. You're good. Bring it over more, like, in front of you. Like, hold it like like you're talking in you don't have to hold it, but yeah. Like right here. Because see the shadow on my face? Better. Bring it lower. Yeah, there you go. Right there. But there's like a whole shadow on my face. Oh my gosh. Bring it lower. Like lower and then move the mic up. See what I mean? Here? Oh, that's fine. Can you hear me? Okay. Yeah. So I was like always questioning it for like a few years. Like, but I wasn't ever, I guess, that comfortable to ask my mom, where you were, like, what exactly happened, you know, why cut off the connection? At you never, you said you didn't want to ask her or you weren't, you were comfortable? No, I didn't, I wasn't very comfortable I got to you. ask that, yeah. Yeah, yeah. What, like, so what is the shadow on my face? There's no shadow on your face. Yeah, see? Okay, so. That's just what you see. Do you see the shadow? No, you're okay. not going to see it. It's, it's just the shadow behind you is what you're seeing on the camera. Okay. Let everybody know that you're worried about that. <laughs> so, um, and then what? And then I just, it was always weird. It was like an unspoken thing. Uh-huh. We just like didn't really talk about. She never brought it up to you. Why? Where I was. No. Just your dad disappeared. It was kind of just like he stopped contacting you. Right. And that's what I assumed it was. Because I also stopped getting... She didn't tell you she changed her number and that wouldn't take any calls or wouldn't let me see you at the house or nothing. I, I don't know her motive, but I assume that she... Because she's also about, about like, very big on, like, time appropriateness. Mm-hmm. So, like, 
I think she probably assumed for whatever reason she had that it was not the appropriate time for me as a nine-year-old mm-hmm. to discuss the issues between sure. her and you. Sure. And so, and I respect that even till now because mm-hmm. I never think you should involve the child in to the parent's situation. Um, because you want to try to keep the child with a neutral, res- like yeah, yeah, no doubt, idea about their own their own father. So I never knew. I didn't ask, and I just remember I stopped getting Christmas and birthday cards from you because I remember getting them every year up until fourth grade. So at that point, I stopped receiving them, and I was kind of like, hmm, he didn't send a birthday card this year. Like he didn't send a Christmas card this year, and that was like a big thing because I remember like you were pretty on it every year about sending cards and so I don't really know what happened there I didn't ask my mom but she mentioned it also she was just like I mean he didn't even send you a card this year and it was kind of that same thing repeated for the next few years Mm -hmm. so I assumed you know you just stopped sending them um and then I mean I didn't really hear or and she would ask me you know, do you want to see your dad? Do you want to see your dad? Mm-hmm. But I would always just say no, or I'd kind of brush it off. Because I wasn't really sure of the story. I don't know. It didn't feel something like I was comfortable talking about. So I kind of just, like, left it at that. And she encouraged it almost. Like, are you sure? Are you sure? But it wasn't, like, it just wasn't a very comfortable topic for me to just be like, yeah. And it had been so many years already that it was just, like, I had been comfortable with not having you in my life and which is unfortunate but like right, right, right. i think for so many like young girls you you become like used to that sort of schedule or that sort of like routine of not having someone in your life and then you just go on with your life um because it's almost like a task it's like a, a big change to have a parent back in your life that's so significant even now you know so this was something i was talking about actually like how is it like incorporating, you know, your dad back in your life after so many years? And luckily for me, it feels like pretty natural, like pretty cool because you're so chill. But for many, it's, you know, I could see how it seems like a little bit weird. Um, And so I thought I saw you when I was in like eighth grade. I was with my friends at at a restaurant and, like, in the doorway, I swore that I saw you. Like, someone super tall. Like, it looked just like you. And so my friend, it's kind of the way that the story of you and my relationship was built mm-hmm. that created a panic around all my friends, family that knew of the situation, kind of that, like, you know, almost like there was fear instilled in me. Mm-hmm. So even my friend's dad and mom knew get her off the table, cover her head up. So they put, they took a hoodie off of my friend and put it on my head to cover me. And we ran out of the employee door and we thought you, which was another man was like following us into the parking lot, ran into the car, locked the doors, drove away all fast. It was just this whole panic. Wow. And so when you have situations like this repeated and repeated, so why did you think you had to do that though? What was told to you? It wasn't necessarily it wasn't, it was just what a was told, stigma. It was kind of just like, there was a, almost like an... Persona. Like, a, in, like an inherent... Stereotype. Yeah, fear instilled in me. So... About you. And like, I, had, I had almost created that for myself as well, because it was like, oh my gosh, like there's your dad, and like freak out. Like as if you were going to take me. 
Right, right. You know, so. But you have a great memory, you said. Yeah. Did you have any bad memories of me ever? Do you remember any bad things? No. I mean, you weren't like a drinker. You weren't a smoker. Nothing like that. It wasn't that it was bad. No, I know. That's what I'm saying. I'm just asking, like, you didn't have any bad memories of me or nothing. No, I think it's because the the story was that, like, straight up, you kidnapped me. Right, right. And so that's what, you know, I only knew what I was told from one side. Right. And I guess you you could consider it that way, a parental kidnapping. You know, you take, I don't know. Yeah. It's crazy to get into all that, but that's what it was for me, so... It was just like, oh, my God, he could take you again. Right, right. So that's kind of why it was like, oh, shit. Like, and see, on my end, so everybody out there don't know. So her mom was dating someone that was a fucking shit bird. And so basically, I knew this. I found out some information, and I went and basically had set it up to where I acted like I was going to take her for the day for my normal visitation. But I had a suburban a rental car that I had full of her stuff that I would have at my house when she would visit me during the day or whatever on that particular Sunday. And I had it set up, man, me and my couple of my, my longtime buddies, we, uh, went over there and, uh, won't get into the details, but it didn't end up too great for the guy, but ended up getting her, took her. And that night we were out and I didn't call her mother and grandmother until I was in Utah somewhere. So I let them know I was taking you. And at the time, I had already done all my research, so I knew it was not illegal to take her because I had more rights than the grandmother, who at the time was the legal guardian over her own mother. So, but I think aside from the legal aspect, just as a, yeah. a co-parent, you know, sure. you're not told anything until your child's already taken and put somewhere. Right. Of course, it's scary, yeah, yeah, yeah. and yeah. it looks like you know that looks like a kidnapping. Sure. Sure. So that's what I was told. Yeah. And that's. And and am I so her, so that makes perfect sense for you because when you're young you don't know and she, and it, on my defense I took her for her own well being because I knew the situation she was in and where she was staying at with the mom at the time so it was like time for me to take her because I knew the situation. But and that was because you thought that my mom wouldn't allow me to go with you, or what was it? No, it was, uh, I knew I wasn't, I only knew I got you on Sundays for here and there. But when I was in college, I was in college during this time now, this is going into year two. And um, I had been getting into it with your mom's boyfriend. So he was saying certain things and then certain things were happening. You were at the actual staying with them at this apartment in LA. And I knew some things that were happening. I had some stuff looked into. We must like mention that the mm-hmm. ethics on both sides were compromised a little bit mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. maybe i wasn't yeah. in the best situation but one right. can only do you know what they can at the time but for right. you it was like not telling my mom until i was already somewhere right and that is how she did say it like well i didn't even tell your mom because your mom yeah. your grandmother was the one that was actually taking care of you so mm-hmm. that's who i called i actually called your grandpa and grandma mm-hmm. that's who i told and then they called mom, and your mom was calling me, and and. But I understand it because it's like, what mother wouldn't? No doubt. It's a, there's like a motherly. Yeah, yeah. You know. But at the same time, you don't know the story that what you were in. You know what I mean? You're 18 yeah. months. You don't know what situation you're in. So that's the reason I took you, and it was just an ongoing thing on 
between me and your mom and, and that guy. So it was like a bad situation that I didn't write like you in. And that's why I was like, you know what? She She's not in a great situation. If she's not in the best safety, then I'm going to take her with so me. How did you think that you were going to parent a child, you know, simultaneously while playing sports and how that would be a better situation than my mom with me in the place that I was? How did you because think at least I knew who I was and I knew the people I would have around me in rural Kansas wasn't going to be on Crenshaw and Adams somewhere where this guy has a guy come over to his house to buy dope or do anything and some gun battle shows out. Who knows? I just know the safety measures were way better with me. I knew I could monitor you, care for you. I had daycare. I had it all laced out. It was all well thought out. And it was. You were in great hands. You were in a great situation. And there was no safety hazards. I wasn't worried about anything as far as health, drugs, guns, anything. So shit that I grew up in. So I knew that was a generational curse. I wasn't going to allow you to be in it. And I already had lived it. So I was like, my daughter's not going to go through that. So that was why. And then I knew, you know, shoot, I know a lot of people that raise their daughter by themselves during college or in the NFL or what have you. And it, it was going to be harder, but you were top priority to me. So... College, football, all that shit was second nature. Or not second nature, second fiddle. It played second fiddle to me. You were top priority. And mm -hmm. listen, my mom, my dad, everyone was like, are you sure you're going to do this? You want to do this? I'm like, listen, it's my daughter. It's my, own, it's my only seed. I'm like, you know, shit. I'm, that's kind of why people, I don't understand why people don't get, why would I take you for the betterment of you, your safety and health, for the fact that you're my daughter, and then people portray or, you know, people tell you this other whole other story about me. Like, why would I ever have taken you if I was this deadbeat or whatever they is? I don't know what they told you, but, you know, that's just kind of what I'm telling you now. It's like I would have never stuck my head on the line to do that and compromise me, my future. I'm 24, maybe 23, prime of my life. Maybe I did better and could have went to the, maybe had a longer NFL career. I don't know. But I didn't give a shit. It was you, and it's always been you. So that's kind of why I did it, and that's why um, it's always been that way. So in my mind, I know for a fact I was portrayed wrong to you as a youngster, but that's just, it is what it is. There's nothing we could do. We can't change it. And uh, at least, you know, we reconnected, and that's just, we got to go from there, and you still got to find out who I am and, and uh, learn me and figure this whole thing out. But, and to um, the fact of the only having one seed, I, like, for the whole amount of time, like, what, 13 years, was like, does he have another kid? Like, <laughs> did he remarry? Like, do I have siblings? Do I have a sister? Like, Because really? I'm an only child, yeah. so that's something that I was like, that was, like, a huge thing. Yeah. And even my friends, like, one of my friends, Olivia, was like, do you think you have a sister or brother? I was like... <laughs> I don't know. I think even Josh asked before, right, Josh? Like, yeah, I don't. <laughs> but I had like nah, I don't. No, I never did. I was like, nah. I was worried about focusing on just you and finding you and making sure that was the right way. Like everything I had was shit. My my dad's house at the time. Then I went on my own. I had all his baby stuff with me. Then everything. Every time I'd visit you, I'd have to figure out how to hustle and find out. Figure out get how to get funds to take you for the day on Sunday and take you wherever you wanted to go. You love fucking Dairy Queen. You love video games. <laughs> you loved 
And nothing was, she always wanted, whatever she picked was the most expensive ass shit at the place. So, and it ain't changed. 13 years later, it's it's the same. So, um, hey, I only like quality. No shit. Champagne taste, beer money. Don't forget that. Cause I had beer money. So, anyway, that's kind of how it was. And so, uh, you know, hey, they took her from me in Kansas, like week five of the season. Um, it, you know, it wore so out. I was there with, with you for five weeks. Well, no, you were with me for six months, but you were there before the summer. We went through the summer, and then the season don't start till August. So then you went through probably until September, October. So the whole thing of, like, you taking me from Utah when you were in Utah, you said you were taking me to Kansas, that until the time that, what was it, Child Protective Services, mm-hmm. uh, CPS retrieved me back from Kansas. What was that time period? Six months. Six months, really? Mm-hmm. Wow. Mm-hmm. It had to be around six months from the time I took you from L.A., which was like the start of the summer. Mm-hmm. No, it was before the summer started. It was before the summer, so it was at the end of... But it was like, they were like actively looking for me. Like, they didn't I, know I, where I was. Like, Amber Alerts were put out. Nah, not that I knew. They knew where you were. They knew exactly where you were. They saw pictures. I had pictures of your mom and your grandma all in my house. So what was the issue of them trying to get me back? Because I because so they knew they had, to, they had to get lawyers and stuff because it was all on the up and up. My... We were trying to make you a legal citizen of Kansas. So that was the battle. So once they found the loophole that you had to go back to the status quo, which was you were born in California, they didn't give me my six months time, which Kansas law is you with me six months, you're a resident. They didn't give it to me. So you had to go back to California, and we had to refight it in, in court. And that's the reason there was no, I didn't get in trouble or nothing. Nobody could, they didn't, they knew. Everything was on the up and up. It was just a matter of, if I could have had another three weeks or so, they said I could have probably kept you in Kansas. So what's this about videos? That's something I totally forgot to even bring up was like you supposedly sent like VHS tapes. Oh, yeah. I used to send videos to your mom and grandma all the time of how you were and what you were doing. Which was what? Like just in the house or just videos like of you playing outside, whatever, like just daily day, like your day of your life. So although all that was going on, you were basically battling them yeah you were still sending videos of me still sent videos of you like i was taught and told the right thing to do like my parents were like you, you're not you're not you still want her to know her mom see that's the difference between so they weren't bad videos no it was you like mishandled or something no it was you like you're you know sending videos so they could see what you were doing okay there's no social media no more you know i mean then there was no live stream so it was vhs like Boom, We'd, yeah. I'd video you, um, the daycare lady or whatever, and I would send those videos to your parents, or to your to your parents, to your mom and your grandpa, grandma. So they got to see you. And I used to talk to your grandma, Joyce, all the time, and she would, she was happy. Like, she she used to ask questions and laugh. We'd on the phone, how you were. I used to put you on the phone with them. Mm-hmm. So them telling you about fucking Amber Alerts, and they didn't know where you were is full of bullshit because... It wasn't real hard to find the starting quarterback at a fucking college and fucking your daughter. Like, come on, man. It don't even add up. So, anyway, they had videos of you. Um, we made sure that they knew who you were, like, where you were and how you were and, and all this stuff. So, like, it wasn't it wasn't very hard to find. So, we did everything. It was like, like, yeah, those, I forgot about that shit. Damn. Yeah. I even Now I even look better now. Thanks a lot for pointing that out. I look a lot better now that I, you did that kidding but yeah yeah we did we filmed you like i filmed you like fuck 
like five times a week or something. And so like eating in the crib, like in the in the high chair, watching TV. (laughs) Yeah, watching TV, whatever. So then outside. um, So we filmed you and then I'd send them. I'd send them. So that's why I know it was at least six months because I was sending back and forth videos. And then um, shit. And then basically that was uh, when they came and got you during the season. And then that went by and shit. They knew I didn't have money to go to court. So there was no real court. It was like, I got legal joint custody. I had that anyway. So when I came to see you, they gave me, like, um, supervised visitation. So and I now I was I could, taken from CPS. I don't uh, think it was CPS. It wasn't CPS. It was, uh, it was basically um, your mom or your grandma came out here with, I want to say it was with uh, the... So since you were a status quo of California, it was like the Department of, um, shit. like how I think it was like through who you know, if you were to pay, if you were paying uh, child support, mm-hmm. like it went through the county. So I believe it was like the county of where you were born, which was in Pomona. Mm-hmm. So it was like county of L.A. Yeah. had came out with your grandma, and that's the legal part of it where the courts figured out that they had to come with your grandma to get you. So did you know I was taken, like, next thing you knew I was gone? Or nah, did you nah, I came and saw you because I, I had someone that knew. Obviously, it was a small town. They, they got a hold of my coach. and was like, hey, coach, there are people here trying to take your daughter. I'm like, what? So they drove me over to you, to the house that I had you in daycare at this, lady, this daycare. And, uh, and I came and saw you and then, like, you were crying, actually. You were going. You were crying, like, and then I, I hugged you. Your grandma was there, and uh, and they were. They showed me papers, and I'm like, fuck. So my coach was like, listen, man, it's time to fight this, you know, in court. There's nothing you can really do because I wasn't letting them take you, and so it was a big old thing. And then they talked me down, and then they took you, and then they. Um, so I think the whole thing about why from fourth grade on. One of the main things my mom didn't want, I, I don't want to say my mom didn't want me to see you, but like one of the ultimatums of getting more freedom to see me might have been around the idea of like missed child support. So were you supposed to say it again? Say it again. So the whole one of the like kind of damn, I forgot about all this. This is a great point. Go ahead. Yeah. So like one of the reasons that I didn't or you didn't see me from fourth grade on was because of like you know lack of child support i think that's one of the reasons why the so strain was so tight yeah so this is you're being lied to so many ways so were you supposed to be paying child support no after the whole no so no so this is the deal if i were to pay child support legally do you know what that means you would get like half custody hell yeah so you didn't have legal half custody no, I had legal joint custody. In California, means nothing but supervision and visitation and so on. Is right? joint custody like half the time is spent with my mom, half the time nope. is spent with you? That's that's it. like in California, that's not what it means. So like, so wouldn't the question then be why didn't you pay the child support so that you could have more time with me? That's the thing. So. They wouldn't let me pay child support. That's the reason they kept me from you because if I would have found your mom. So if I would have found you, I would have paid child support to get you. 
So I could have you literally six months out the year. That means I get, we would split holidays. We would split birthdays. We would split this. So I never saying, had that opportunity. You're saying my mom declined child support. She declined me finding you. That's why she hid you. Get it? What do you mean declined you? So remember me? I told you, and this is, we didn't bring it up Friday because I forgot about this, but remember when she you said that, um, remember we were talking about, she said that how I couldn't find you or whatever. Remember how we were talking about, okay, I couldn't find you and I was going, sending you mail and I was coming to your house mm-hmm. and all this. If she would have let, if I would have found you and let you have, that's why she changed her phone number. All illegal shit in the court's eyes. But anyway, remember I told you I had a private, I had a private investigator? Mm-hmm. Because that's when I went to the police. The police only told me the only thing you can do legally is get a private investigator and go refile in court for your visitation. They knew I didn't have the money to do that. A private investigator wanted the 20 to 30 grand. So I'm like, man, I don't got that shit. I'm in college. Well, anyway, if I would have ever found you, and I would have went and got a court order to pay you. So see, they your child support is based on your income, based on what you have. Right. I didn't have shit. I was a college student. So they would have allowed me to pay. I don't know what I would have paid, right? I was still giving you everything. Well, I was giving your grandmother everything as far as milk, Similac at the time, uh, clothes, shoes. Everything was given was from me. And I still didn't get to see you, but on one Sunday a oh, fucking month. Because but anyway, you didn't pay the child support. No, I had nothing to do with child support. So this was before I took you. So you're saying in order for you to even be allowed to pay child support, you would have had to go court, get legal judge. So then okay. that's when we pick split days, split okay. holidays. You get to stay with me for two weeks in the summer. So, they, you so stay. my mom didn't want to go through all that. No, your mom didn't want you to see me, and so. That's the re- that's the whole thing. Like, if you pay child support, I would have had you. She would have had to have given me you. Okay. See what I'm saying? Yeah. So she she avoided all that. Yeah, she didn't want to give. She didn't want to give you up to me at all. So yeah. she didn't. There was no child support because she never allowed it. But that's why it was the one time on Sundays. No, that was before. That was remember the Sunday thing ended oh, in the fourth that was, grade. That was okay. before this all happened. So was the one time on Sundays the agreement. The legal agreement or something you and my mom came to? I was like, just like a casual. No, it was both. At first, it was me and your grandma, really. And then I would take you on Sundays. And when you were, when you were younger. I remember. Yeah. Well, that was, that was a, that was after the fact. But that was after I had took you in Kansas. Yeah. Right. Right. This is older. You're second, third grade now. It was whenever, you know, you would first get me, you'd have to write something. When you brought me back, you'd have to sign something. Yeah, that was, that was because of. After I took you to Kansas. Okay. That was the court thing and all that shit. That went to court. Yeah. We went to court over it. Yeah. And then they gave me supervised supervision mm-hmm. and, or monitored supervision. And so that was the whole fucking clipboard thing. Like I was a criminal. Like I couldn't see my daughter. That's how crazy this shit was. So everybody knows. But anyway, coming to find out if I would have. So before that, though, when you were young, we agreed, me and your grandmother, because that's who had you. It was like, listen. So you used to spend the night with me when you're, this is young, six months, a year, 12, 13, 15 months before I took you to Kansas. Mm-hmm. You would stay the night at my house here and there. That all seized with your mom. Like, no, no, no more. And I'm like, why? So we went to court and I wanted legal joint custody, which I got. But legal joint custody is we didn't get to, you were too, at the age you were, they don't let you 
do certain things at that certain age until you get to a certain age. They don't let you pick days because you're too young. So they didn't let you pick. They didn't let us pick Christmas. I get you Christmas Eve. She gets you Christmas. I get you this. That never happened. Mm -hmm. But when you hit a certain age and I started paying child support, if we really were going to have split joint custody, um, I would have paid child support and I would have got you, let's say, three weeks in the summer. Easter, Christmas, whatever we, days we picked. And then it, we, we would go to a mediator and they would help pick what days. If we didn't agree on Christmas and we both wanted you Christmas, then it would alternate years. Mm-hmm. Whatever, right? That never happened. That's why she hid you because she didn't want that to happen because she just didn't want me to have you or see you at all. And which for whatever reason, I have no clue. But it is what it is now. I mean, but there's nothing I can do and I have no idea why. But at the time, that's the reason I never paid child support. So if they told you I didn't pay child support, they're lying. because. Well, you didn't pay child support. That's not a lie. No, I know. But they didn't tell you that. If they told you that I didn't pay it because I didn't pay it, it's a lie. Okay. So I didn't pay it because I didn't fucking know where you were. And they didn't want me to have you. So, of course, they didn't. Let's put it this way. If I didn't pay child support legally, you know I'd have a... I'd be in jail right now, or I'd been, I would have been charged, right? Well, yeah. You're you know I've never had a bill or never had any child support. Because what you were doing was legal. No, because your mom never filed for child support. Okay, so she just never filed it. She never filed because she didn't want me to have you. Right. So if you file for child support, mm-hmm. now it becomes the legal joint. Right. I have to pick holiday. You know what I mean? We would have went through a real what real parents do when they're not together, yeah. basically. Yeah. So... I never had that is what I'm saying. So I was denied the opportunity to ever have you, my daughter, opportunity to, to have you on Easter, to have you with Jerry and Araya, to for Christmas, anything, for any day. Like, never spent the night. Like, any of that shit. So yeah. it is what it is, man. But that's the truth, and that's... So she never filed. I don't have any child support papers filed on me because that's what she did. And so it sucks, and I know you have to find out this way, but that's just the truth. And and I, that's what people used to say. Oh, you don't pay child support, dumbass. People like haters on the street. I'm saying, They're like, I'm like, no, dumbass. If I'd have paid child support, I'd have my daughter. She didn't want me to pay child support. That's why she never filed for child support. Because if I filed for child, if she filed, it's on record now that I can see my daughter. Mm. So that's just another way of keeping me from you the whole time is what it was. So it's shitty, but truth. Okay, so now that I understand that, let's get into how I found you, how I even knew about you, because that was something I wondered throughout the year. When did you, at what age did you be like, damn, who's my, where's my dad at? And I mean, I always thought about it. Really? Yeah, I can, I would. From back, know, from fourth grade on? Yeah, like, what does he do? Where is he? Well, like, let's tell everybody. So... I know you guys heard the fourth grade deal. So fourth grade, um, I'm coaching at Shafee College out in California. Her mom calls me to put her on my insurance for whatever reason I don't really actually recollect. I met her mom down at a, uh, at, you know, basically at the um, insurance, um, at the county, really. It was county insurance in uh, San Bernardino somewhere. So anyway, put her on my insurance, and literally that's the last day I've ever heard from her until last Friday. So I just wanted to catch you guys up. So from that point on, um, I don't know what you were told, 
babe. But from that point on, you're saying you still thought about me from, you're just like, shit, he just disappeared. Yeah, I think I would ask my mom sometimes yeah. casually, like, what does he do? Where is he? Like, So what was she telling you from that point She on? didn't know. She was like, oh, I don't know what he does. I have no idea. But that was something I wondered. That's and so crazy. it was kind of just like, so how I, re- how I found you or like what you were doing was through the show because I was. So this is really 10, 12 years later. Yeah. I was. So you like never this. looked for me before that. I can remember searching your website because I remembered your website. Uh-huh. Like I was so young, I can still remember the name of your original website. <laughs> and I would search that way. And I remember seeing my photo was still on the website. Yeah. And then I was like, hmm, I wonder if he still remembers me. Like, given the entire situation, like, mm, it's been so many mm, years. Mm, mm. And it was my uncle who said, there's no way he'll ever forget you. Your face is tattooed on his arm. Mm-hmm. I think that's something, I actually looked for that in the show. Like, they never film your arm over here. Mm-hmm. Because... <laughs> they never filmed your arm over they, here. They didn't? On the show. And I used to tell him, like, they're not filming his arm because that has my face on it, you know? Like, really? I used to I say don't think that. they knew, or I didn't tell him, or I never showed yeah, anyone. Yeah, because you always wear shirts like this. And sometimes, yeah. a couple shots, you had a tank top on. Uh-huh. And I was like, hmm, because they would always film you on from this side. Probably and I in the damn jacuzzi. Yeah. yeah. And even one time, you were, like, outside, like, walking. Uh-huh. And it was from the back. It was a back shot. And I was like, if he turns this way, you'll see my face on his yeah, arm. I, w- I wasn't that fat, so I could take, I could use it then. I could wear a fucking shirt. <laughs> no, I'm too fat. But. Yeah. Yeah, so they didn't, they didn't do it. But anyway, so, so, yeah. so I, I actually, I can recall searching your website for the first time when I was in. The old website that I had when you were a little kid that I was doing like clinics. Big Skin. Big Skin Skills Skill Clinic. clinic yeah. yeah. I was in. Seventh grade. Okay. So three years went by. Seventh or eighth grade, actually. And we were in the computer lab. This is actually really crazy. I forgot, totally forgot about this. I was in the computer lab. We were supposed to be working on an essay. But I'm like a crazy writer. So uh-huh. I used to get my essays done really fast, and I would just sit there. And so when you were done writing, you were allowed to use the computer for, like, whatever reason. And so while everyone was still working on their website, I would sit and I would like, I remember one time just like looking at your, looking you know, at your website. Uh-huh. And when I got home that day, my mom asked me if I researched my dad. And I was like, what? Like, how could she know that? And I kept asking her, how do you know that? How do you know that? Mm-hmm. And I still have no idea. Josh, if you know somehow, I was at South Point and it's a pretty strict middle school. So I don't know if they were monitoring what I was searching. I don't know if my Maybe. teacher had seen it and Told searched, yeah. but why would he care about me searching up pigskin? So like, yeah, yeah. I don't know what that really was, but when I got, you know, in the car, she would pick me up. First thing she asked me was, did you research your dad today at school? Mm. And I was like, so shook. Cause I was like, how would she know mm. that? But that was the first time I like Reese really searched for you. So three years went by. It took me a while to remember the name. Yeah. Yeah. But I like found, you know, pigs. I had remembered because I remember you would kind of like drill me. You'd be like, "It's called pig skin," and you would just say it, and so it stuck in my head that way. Um, and yeah, so you know, then fast forward to me thinking I saw you at the restaurant, and then the 
time after that, I was at the mall with my friend and this guy was like taking photos of me and recording me and from weird angles. Mm. And it was kind of like a balcony and I was on the top and he was below me. And wherever I would move, he would follow. And so I was like, for sure my dad hired a PI mm. and is trying to find me. Like, that's what I thought it was. I wish, yeah. And, and the security had put me like, you know, from the mall, like in the back of a store and was like, okay, she's being followed and, you know, paging the security. And when they went to find the guy, he was gone. So I was like, damn, my dad got some good, like, investigator. <laughs> but <laughs> it wasn't even, you know, it's just some guy. Oh, yeah, some creepy fuck. Yeah. So, and then <sighs> other than that, I didn't know. But anyway, so how I found you was through the show. I hadn't, you know. So you, you didn't know I was on a show? No, because, you know, Netflix suggests things yeah. based on what you watch. I don't watch sports. I'm like the least sporty person. So you were at a party. I was at a party. You know, after the thing died down, it was kind of like just close people. There might have been five, six of us, and we uh -huh. were kind of just figuring out what to watch on Netflix. Uh -huh. And one, I barely watched Netflix. It was like, oh, that's like a thing. People really just watch Netflix. Uh -huh. and it's crazy because everyone would be like, oh, have you seen this on Netflix? Have you seen that? And I was like, what? Like, how do people know? Yeah. Anyway, so it's going through the TV, and his name's Victor, and he asked, um, oh, have you guys seen this show? And it was your face. And I was like, what? Is, wait, I, I literally didn't say anything. I was just like, wait, what is that show? And he's like, oh, it's called Last Chance You. And I was like, what? What is that? Mm -hmm. And he's like, oh, it's a, it's a football show about, you know, these kids out of college and it's like, and this coach and whatever. And I was like, wait, who's the coach? Like, what's his name? I was like, click on that description. You know, you can click info or something. And so we clicked in, and it said, Coach Jason Brown, and then it said, blah, 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 Independence, Kansas. Uh -huh. And I made the Kansas connection, uh -huh. and of course I know your name, and your face was on there, and I was like, no, no, there's no way. There, uh -huh. I was like, there's no way that's him. I was like, this is just coincidental. Where were you, what year is this? Like, what are, what are you doing? I was in college. Oh, you're in college. I was like a freshman in college. Yeah. Yeah. And it was like sometime in the summer, I think, mm -hmm. or like fall, yeah, or yeah, somewhere around there. And I was like, no way! Like the name, okay, yeah, it's the same name, yeah, it's the same state, yeah, it looks like him, hmm. but there's no way it's him. I was like, there's no way he has a show on Netflix. And so I go online, I pull out his computer. I was like, let me see your computer, let me see that, and I pull it over, and I'm like googling. And I scroll and I'm reading and it just seems so perfect. I was like, this seems like him. Like this just, I don't even know. Maybe it was like a website or some article mm -hmm. someone wrote about the show or something. And I scroll to the very bottom and it says daughter is Giselle. Mm -hmm. And I was like, what? Like I freaked <laughs> out and I told Josh, what did I say, Josh? I was so shook. I just couldn't even believe it. And I said it to Victor out loud. I was like, that's my dad. And they're like, what? Like, <laughs> they did not believe me. And I was like, no, that is literally my dad. The bottom right here. I was like, that's my name. There's nobody else. Jason Brown, out of Kansas, plays football, looks like that, with a daughter named Giselle. It's not a coincidence. Doesn't it say, like, Giselle Elaine, even? No. Just a daughter is Maybe Giselle, Maybe it did, yeah. And... Mm. Maybe it did say my middle name. I don't know, but I was just so shook, and that was, like, the confirming thing was my name at the bottom of the website. It's like... So you found that out, and then you're in college. 
And I told my mom, not immediately, I think I told her like a few weeks later, because that was when the whole... What the hell? Callie. My dog's dreaming, so she's banging on the thing. Callie. Just wake up. Callie. See her tail? She's dreaming deep. Wake her up. Hey, mama. Callie, you okay? Okay, lay down. All right, my dog was dreaming. I don't know what the fuck she was dreaming. I think she's prego. So, okay, so you've... So, from the point you knew it was me... Did you go into like a relapse or what? Why didn't you a find relapse? me? Relapse. Why didn't you call me? It was so random at that point. I know. What that's what I'm I, saying. So how long did it take? What was I gonna do? Reach out just because you had a show? I right. Mean, that's no, no, no. Just but us. no. But I'm saying like you knew who I was now, right? Like at least found me. Yeah. And it wasn't until I got the whole thing from the school, like some of the uh-huh. administrators from the school coming, sending me emails about. Okay, so I'm going to stop her. I'm going to back up. So Netflix actually had found her. Um, they knew I was looking for her forever. They knew because they asked me every day. And I'd be like, listen, I've been looking for my daughter for so, so long. I said, she don't have social media. I can't find her. It's been years. And if she did, then it was under some other name. But I literally had had people try to look for her. I looked for her. We just couldn't find her. So. One day I'm in the office in between the first season I shot and then the second season. They're filming the second season, season four. And uh, Greg Whiteley, the producer, comes in my office and is like, JB, man, I think I found your daughter. She goes to Mount Sac Junior College. I said, what? Figures. Her mom went to Mount Sac. And I go, that figures. Right up the street where she grew up. And I'm like, well, I know every coach at Mount Sac. So I've known the head coach. I know another head, another coach, defensive coach. I knew everybody. Well, I make a call to the head coach, to the assistants, and I go, listen, my daughter goes, sack, bro. Can you give me a number on her? I said, can you call either admin? I know it's a FERPA violation. We're all in the same business. You can't give out numbers. It's FERPA violates. She has to agree. I said, so listen, she don't know nothing. I just want to reach out and let her know the story. I want to give her my side some way. And this is right in the beginning. They're shooting me every day and, and all this. And it wasn't, I, I wasn't looking for her because I was on a show. I had been looking for her for fucking 10 years. It was a matter of Netflix actually Which, found her. Which, by the way, everyone thought was like a publicity stunt. Right. Like he was only reaching yeah. out because of the show. Yeah. Which I also thought. Sure, I, like, I, I could see that. You know? and I, But... But the producer actually was doing me a favor. He's a great dude. He was like, listen, coach, I want to find your daughter for you as bad as anyone after he found out my story and after I had told him I've been looking for her for 10 years. Happened to be right in the backyard in California. I mean, I should have figured it out, but it's it's not that easy. You know, you're trying to go through and find. I, I was Me and my buddy, my best friend, Spree, who everyone here knows Spree off my show, but me and Spree used to find, try to see – when her graduation was, what year. I didn't know if she was 17 or 18, what year she would actually graduate. I figured she was at Diamond Bar High because that's where her mom went, but I didn't know. And so, like, we would do a lot of little shit like that, and it's kind of far from when you're traveling and you're living in different places. I've lived in 12 states, 12 different, moved 12 times since 10 years. So it's been one of those deals. But anyway, um, Greg Wiley shows me a picture of her, and, and she's on this, like, dance team at SAC or whatever, and I'm like, holy shit. I'm sure that's her. And they're all like, coach, that's her. It looks like you. I'm like, really? Everyone 
everyone says that. Like, I know, me too. I don't see it. I, I'm, way, I'm, way, nice I'm way prettier than you. So, um, I'm kidding. I don't, but anyway, um, I, so I'm like, shit, that's her. I mean, there's no question. I show my mom. My mom's like, oh, yeah, duh. But being like, oh, are you sure if that's like, you were kind of like, yeah, I was sure? like, I was like, fuck, you know, I haven't seen her so long. I'm like, shit. I mean, you know, I don't know if she, how tall you were. I didn't know what your hair was like. So, shouldn't I be taller? Anything. I thought. How tall, how tall are you? How tall are you? Six three. I'm five four. And your mom's like five ten. No. Five nine. Five eight. Five eight. She says she's five six. No, she's like five eight. She loves to say she's five six. She doesn't want to be tall. I, I I figured you were gonna be six foot. I swear to God, because the doctors told us that when you were young that you would be like five eleven six foot. And I was like, she's gonna be tall. There's no way. Like, how why couldn't you be tall? I wish. I mean, when I you're was five young, four. Yeah, because really? I put it in my head, I swear. I used to tell myself when I was young, like, I want to be 5'2 to 5'4. I used to say it. Oh, but I was supposed to be taller. My mom and uncle put a bet that by the time I was 16, I would be taller than my mom. I never got there. Yeah, it's crazy. I thought you would be too. I thought I, I'd I be figured you'd be. My, my dad's tall. My, all my family's tall. So I figured, I was like, no way. She's going to be tall. I don't know. But anyway, I was like, that's her. And from that point on, I was trying to find you on social media. And then I found you. You blocked me. Da, da, da. I'm like, what the fuck is block mean? And everyone was like, dude, she blocked you. I'm like, what the fuck is block mean? I didn't know shit about social media. And then uh, and I'm like, well, damn. So, and then shit. I mean, he tried to follow me on everything. Yeah. Instagram, I mean, finally Twitter. found you. Yeah. I was like, block, block, block. And then, so what? Okay, maybe people want to know why you blocked me. Just still because you had the stigma. It was just that fear. Yeah. Like, yeah. oh my God. Like. He's coming for me. Like, what's Crazy. he going to do? Yeah. So, yeah, I was just like, oh, my gosh. Like, try to. I honestly, many times I entertained the idea of maybe never having a relationship. Like, mm -hmm. one of my fears was, like, I was going to find out you, something bad had happened. Like, mm -hmm. you passed away for whatever reason when I'm, you know, 30, right, 40, 50 right. years old. And never, like, having. And that's a fear life. for any parent. That's why I was looking for you for, from the day she changed her number, which was two or three days after I did the insurance thing. Like, it's a normal. Like, hey, can I see her this Sunday? Whatever it was. I knew that's what it was. I called. Josh, didn't I used to say, like, do you Phone. Call DDD, no phone. No good. Yeah. You said what? I used to say, like, to him, what did I say? Like, I don't I don't know if I'll ever talk to him. Like, used to cry. Yeah. You know, you break down and start crying. Like, I don't know if I'll ever see him. Or, like, I don't want to go through life with, like, not knowing. Yeah, not knowing. And that's my whole thing. Like, so I'm going to be honest with you. So I've done dad. I've done research. I've talked to a bunch of single dads that I know growing up in the, in the inner city. A lot of, there's a bad connotation about deadbeat dads. So we have done a research, a buddy of mine that, don't, that is a lawyer for, for single fathers. So the data shows, so you single dads out there. And now if you're a deadbeat, you're just a fucking deadbeat piece of shit. If you're not. There's this data out there that well, shows not every, every man is meant to be a father. No doubt. I think that for sure. Because actually, no the response doubt. on TikTok has been crazy about like yeah. so many people in similar situations like coming forward saying, yeah. "I haven't had a relationship with my dad, and I'm 30, or I yeah. haven't had a relationship with my dad, and I'm 20, right. you know, five. And a lot of them are saying it's because my dad just chose not to be my wife. 
or I thought he didn't I just want hope to they know that for sure, though. Yeah, no, or some of them have mentioned that they've tried to reach out. They've It's the reversal of us. Like, mm-hmm. they've tried to reach out, but they've gotten dad, no response nothing. from the dad. Yeah, yeah. So then I, you know, I keep responding the same way, which is like, it's meant to be this way. And unfortunately, we don't choose our parents, but not every man is supposed to be a father. Mm-hmm. Not every father can be a dad either. So, no doubt. That, you know, yeah, it's true. But, you know, I was just like, it's just a, it's just a whirlwind. That's so why I tried to find data? you. The data? the data is that the dads try, 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 and try for years. <laughs> That's the data? No, no, no. No, no, no. The, da- the data is 75% of so-called dead, labeled deadbeat dads are actually blocked out of their kid's life from seeing them, similar to my situation, than there than you think. So Locked there's out by the co-parent. Yeah, and then after time and money spent and time, it becomes so hard on the dad that it becomes like, well, I mean, what else can I do? Up. Like I've tried everything. I've exhausted my resources. Yeah. Just like I did. I mean, shit. I you don't even know. I had to borrow money from parent like my mom at the time who had to pay a lawyer fee. She'll tell you all about it. So I so that all happened, and I'm like. So as of maybe two years ago, maybe a year ago. Oh my gosh, I was so wanted. Everyone was paying for lawyers. I know. So like a year or two ago, um, I was at the point, I was like, I was sitting there one day, I'm like, you know, and uh, probably got emotional for something, watching something. And I'm like, I'm like, why wouldn't she, she's got to be damn near 20. At what point does she want to know the truth or at least hers hear from me? I'm just like, why wouldn't she want to reach out? I said, she's been brainwashed this fucking bad. So I would be like, damn. So at maybe a year, I think I want to say like a year ago, I, I was talking to my mom. I'm like, you know what, man, if she don't want to find me at this point, she's 21. And I, I told everyone, I was like, I think at 21, my daughter will find some shit out and figure out to call me or get a hold of me. And I was like, fuck, 21 went by. I'm like, so not a day goes by I didn't think about you. And I'm like, you see pictures everywhere. And I'm like, what the hell? So, at the at, at, and I'm being honest. I'm like, you know what? Fuck it. If she don't want to find me, then, you know, it's on her from that point on. And I was like, because I've done everything. There's nothing I can do. And I see why people get labeled this. Now, I know there's deadbeat dads out there, too. But the 75% is probably flipped uh, to deadbeat moms. But people don't talk about that because... In a place like California, and the Nash and the national consensus consensus is that courts favor the mother, and that's just what it is. And I know that because of my lawyers, a, a single dad lawyer, and he's like, "Listen, the courts are favored for the mother. I mean, it's just you carry the the baby, you birth her. I mean, that's just kind of what it favors. And so you really have to prove like." She has to have fucking a line of coke in front of her and, you know, prostituting to be like, no, finally get her out. But, like, you have to prove the most ridiculous drama, and it's just so hard. But But again, I have to mention, yeah, it wasn't that I wasn't restricted, like I wasn't allowed. I had the option. It was actually my uncle who, when I got a little bit older, maybe like seventh, eighth grade, you know, up until my later teens would – Say, like, if you want to see him, I'll go with you if you're not comfortable going by yourself. And when was this? Seventh, eighth grade, all the way Uh, through my late teens. And he would, you know, he would say, if you want to go, I'll go with you. Or or even Julie, his wife, like, you know, someone that, you know, you feel comfortable with. Or maybe I don't have to be there. Maybe I'll just drive you. Like, whatever. He presented that, you know, for me. And I do appreciate that a lot. 
But it was just, again, that I like, think he always fear. liked me. I was always cool with him. Yeah. No, he was always more the neutral party that's in, like, it. my that's life. Just, uh, that's my daughter's mom's brother. So Yeah, my uncle. Yeah. And, and I think I'd probably have a lot more problems than I do if he wasn't present. Sure. Because it's hard growing up without, you know, a dominant, like, male figure yeah. in a house of all females. Right. And, you know, because unfortunately for a lot of like young girls in those developing years that are so crucial turn to like older men or turn to seeking a lot of attention from guys mm-hmm. or you know in middle school high school whatever and so or resent their dad now yeah i mean that just so you know it's this is that's how it would happen in coaching world um nine so i this shit the first year and the second year, I had one kid year one, and I had two kids year two that had both parents in the home. Mind you, I had 200 players per year. Yeah, it's, a, it's actually more common than I thought. So 200 kids, I had one kid out of 200 that had both parents in the home. Do you know what the kids? So it's the same thing. My point is I would motherfuck and cuss out those kids every day yeah. until – because you know why they resented me because I was a male, an alpha male role model figure, right. and they until they realized how I had their best interests, which you have to play hardball to get that because it's not you don't kiss their ass in the beginning so they shit on you, you you treat them like uh, you you treat them like a son right, yeah. so you try to instill discipline etc. Well, all those kids but that bought while, in are ma- have made it in life. While not to be a father, you don't want to, mm-hmm. you know, assume that role. No, not at all. Yeah. But see, but but at the same time, though, it's funny you say that. It doesn't matter to them because they never had a dad. They have no idea what a father even is. Right. So I never had that problem. So I would, kids would walk in. I had a coach taking role. Nah, my name, call me DJ. I would snap. I'd rip his ass. Shut the fuck up. Your name's Darian, right, or mm-hmm. whatever. But to this day, that kid's getting drafted in the NFL this, this th- in three months. Like, yeah. those guys, you've never seen a kid bash me on social media. Mm-hmm. But you see all these haters. Oh, coach, blah, blah, blah. But where's, why aren't the players bashing me? It's, it's what it is. Like, kids need discipline at some point. They need it without even knowing they need it. And they actually require it. And they actually want it. But well, they don't know. that's my whole point about my uncle is that he provided that for me. because, And he also, he always said, I don't want to. Be your dad. I don't want to yeah, take on yeah. that role, and yeah. I'm not trying to replace him. Yeah. I'm just trying to be someone that's like a male figure that's supportive for you, that can be that disciplinary like figure, um, in the form of a male. Because I just had my grandma and my mom, and I just grew up with them. So right. I'm glad I got like both sides. But um, yeah, I mean, it's just what it is. But you know, I mean, that's it. That's that's the. Uh, that's just what happens, man. I mean, there's nothing I could do. I don't know why you were told what you were told by who you were told it by. I mean, it just is what it is. I mean, there's nothing I can go back and change, and you can't either. And it's unfortunate because, like, I tell people all the time, it's kids only know what they know, and I never blame the kids. And, and you know, you could have held back forever because you were told certain things and it instilled in you, and it is what it is. Kids, uh, you know, I always blame the adults, and, and uh not that I, it makes me feel good or I want anyone to be the bad guy, but at the same time, I was deprived of you for 13 years and there was really no reason for it. Like, yeah. But that's funny nothing. that you say, or not funny, but like ironic that you said by 21 she should you know, 
reach out because at 21, in the summer of 21, so I was like 21 and a half, I was like, I was like at a meeting. So last summer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, last summer. I was at a meeting with a friend and it had nothing to do with this at all. It was like a business, yeah. you know, purpose. And after, because that was like the time that I was like really thinking, because the show was out, I was like seeing you on there. I was like, Mm -hmm. you know, seeing your Instagram, like Instagram stalking. I was like watching the podcast, just like hearing about you. So it was like you were on my mind a lot more. And so um, I was like ready to like reach out. And I was like, you know, I have his Instagram. I know how to find him Mm -hmm. at this point. So I pulled over and I was like, okay, I'm going to call him. And my heart was like beating. Mm. But I was like, I wonder if I call, will he automatically recognize my voice? Will he know it's me? If I just say hello, maybe I, think I, w- I would for some reason. I'd probably right? be instinctive. Yeah. yeah, that's what I thought. Or I, I was like, maybe I call and he knows my phone number. Or maybe I call and like, Said I wish. he just knows that's the call. I was like, yeah. who knows? You know, so you right. hear crazy stories all the time. But, um, and then I didn't do it because I talked to my mom about it. And I said, you know, I want to reach out to my dad. Um, I told her the purpose was because I wanted to, like, give you what I was, like, making at the time, which was, like, jewelry. Mm-hmm. It was, like, custom luxury jewelry, but more of, like, a male, male market. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was, like, you know, it seems appropriate. And then, you know, she goes, you don't want to have that type of image, you know, per- portraying your business. And... I was like... That type of image meaning me? Yeah. Oh, because wow. of the way the show portrays yeah, 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 yeah. you. So it's appropriate. So she watched it. She didn't... I think she saw a clip. I think yeah. I might have shown her a clip. Yeah. And, um, and then she was like, if you know, if you do that, you know, I can't support your, your business. And I don't know if it was... She didn't <laughs> want the image you were portrayed uh-huh. as supporting my business publicly. Mm-hmm. And then that didn't align with like her ethics or if it was just her own biases and she didn't want me to ask you that way. So I'll go with the latter. So and to answer I, to, for people out there to say, coach, what the fuck did you do? Why are you, why did you make her do this? I get this all the time. Why did I have to do something? I literally can tell you right now on the, on my daddy's dead grave and my daughter's sitting next to me. I have no clue to this day what I did because I never did anything. And all I know is I did stuff. I think it's because we spoke, me and her talked last Friday, and I told her some things. And I believe it's because of certain things that I know and the truths and the things that she didn't tell my daughter um, is why she deprived me, in my opinion, this whole time. And so that's just my personal opinion. And there's deeper issues there on that end. But I'm not going to get into all that. But all I know is... Why she stopped me from seeing her to this day, I have no idea. My mom don't know. My friends don't know. She was raised by a lot of people by that that are all reaching out to me when they seen yesterday's video, and they're like, "Like I'll show you." It's I. I wanted to read a few because like I got like lifelong friends of mine that knew her since she was in the womb. Um, you know, it's just uh, it's funny, but I got I got. Uh, I'm gonna let her read that one right there. What does that say right there? In the gray. In 30 years. In 30 years, I've never seen that look on your face, bro. Got me over here coming apart. What face was that? Me. I sent him a picture of me and you in Vegas. Oh. So, 
And that's one of my lifelong friends I've known for over 30 years. And so um, he's known her since she was a baby. So he would carry her in arms. But anyway, that was that was a friend of mine, Aaron, and uh, he works for Warner Brothers. But he he uh, he saw that. And so I've been reached out by a bunch of people that know the situation and know that I've been looking for her. I can call, We can call a thousand people that know this, my story, at least. So that's just the part that, you know. And you know what has to happen, Giselle? You got to go talk to your mom if that's what you choose to do later and say, this is what I heard, got, was told from my dad. Now, what do you got to say? Is she going to own up to it or is she going to change up the narrative and, again? And it is what it is. And it's, but I feel it's, like that even alone puts a lot of pressure. This is for, like, any child or any person in my position, like, having to be like, this is what I heard, and go relay it back, and then hear that, and then relay right, that back. Right. It should just be neutral. Any person in my <laughs> situation should, should have be. two separate relationships. Because should be. every relationship in your life is mm-hmm. separate. Even if you grow up with siblings, each mm-hmm. of your relationships are different. So I think you should respect that you have separate relationships with each person in your life, mm-hmm. whether that's co-parenting or, you know, or within the household. And just respect that and let the child, now that I'm 22, like, mm-hmm. move on with their life in the way they choose. And it doesn't need to be, he said this, she said this. I like. I don't care if you ever talk to her about anything. Like, yeah. I, it doesn't matter to me now. It's nothing I can change. I'm, I mean, I'm sure. <laughs> That's you know, just your personal, Yeah. Uh, you know, your personal thing. Like, if you had something personal, like. Why did you not let me see my dad? If that's something you want to know, that's on you. You know what I mean? I mean, it's yeah. saying that's that's something you'll have to fight those demons. And I, and if you need me, I'm here. I mean, I always have, but I don't want you to have to go through that if you don't want to. But at the same time, I know you it's mentioned it. It's something that's like uncomfortable. I feel like I couldn't just not mention it because obviously, eventually, I will tell her like, oh, I, you know, yeah. I'm speaking to you, and like, yeah. or she'll find this. Maybe a client shows her. I right. don't know. That's right. my fear because right, then right, she'll be right. like. This I don't tell right, her. Right, right, right. That pressure is like totally not okay. So even if you're like a young, I wish you, I wish you would find out that way. That vindict me for thirteen years. But yeah, go ahead. No, but if you're like a young parent, because I have parents on my sure. TikTok reaching out, or you're a child of young parents, um, mm-hmm. don't put the pressure on the kid that way. Just like well, it should have never been on you it. ever. Yeah, let them go about it in whatever way that they're most comfortable and like. I'm most comfortable having two separate relationships, not right. talking about either one or to anyone to yeah. the other, yeah. and then just live it that and way. And it should have been that way for the last 13 years. See what right. I mean? That's just my point of view. So, yeah. I mean, listen, I can cry over spilled milk and sour grapes and all this shit and, and, and cry and bitch and moan about I got screwed here and I'm the one and da-da-da-da, but I'm not going to do that because at the end of the day, time is a thief. And it's already took 13 years from us. So, like, mm-hmm. you know, you have to do your own. I think you know, like, okay, this guy just didn't make up all this shit. Yeah. Uh, there's a little bit of proof out there. But at the same time, you have to come up with your own agreement on who I am and say, okay, this is my thought. And yeah. and then we go from here and then we just move forward. I mean, shit. I, I, I took the rearview mirrors out of my car because I don't look back and I don't regret. I'm always looking forward. So, yeah, you know. I don't look back because we're not going that way. And that's just what it is. So we got to keep moving. And if that's, you know, it is what it is. We tell our story and people wanted to know. And that's the only reason I'm even fucking doing this because I, really I don't care. I'd rather just meet me and you yeah. and um, and go from there. But, you know. Um, I think it's worth telling. I think a major part of Last Chance You even was like based around this whole idea of like oh, us yeah. not having They ask me every day. And it's not even for that, but it's like, 
that was something because of the show, people coming to me being like, wait, you don't talk to your dad. Like I didn't even know that. And like, it's just something I didn't talk about for like so many years because it was so uncomfortable. Right. And like other people in my situation, you, you grow up and like human nature is that we compare, we compare ourselves to everyone else. And so there was like always this sense of like jealousy for me with my friends who had two parents in the household. And so I almost gravitated toward my friends that had like stable looking family, like home life. And I'm finding out as I'm older that it's much more normal that people have my situation, which is that maybe one or the other parent is like not in their lives. But I think that this is like necessary to say, especially for me, because it's something that was so uncomfortable and I'm already like, like you, not a very vulnerable person. And my mom kind of taught me to be like more thinking like, like a man, be more stern, don't show emotion, Mm -hmm. sweep things under the rug. Don't tell, you know, your friends, your family life. Um, And so it makes things like built up and I grew like this inner anger and like a confusion and all that. And I think it was just simply jealousy, like that I didn't have the family situation that like my friends had. So I think every situation is unique and you're not as special as you think in your, you know, most negative situations. But like it's necessary to tell the story because like on TikTok, I mentioned that like if anyone has like a similar situation um, and it's uncomfortable to reach out, like it was uncomfortable for me too. But one day like you just have to do it when you know. Um, And if not, you might need like help doing it. Reach out to people that you're comfortable, even me, like message me on any platform and like I'll do my best to try to help you guys out. But I didn't have anyone to help me out through this process. Like I kind of just had to do it and that's scary. So like definitely reach out. Yeah, that's a... um that's a generational curse because I didn't have no family growing up. I had my mom, my dad at the time. They were split. So I lived from house to house in Oregon, my grandparents. And so um, now I really grew up with brothers and sisters. So now I have really no family, no cousins really besides one. And so, I mean, it was really small, you know, small, small group of uh, people that I've actually had forever. So yeah. just one of those deals. And then you kind of told me last week, too, the same similar situation. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, sometimes it happens. We got to break the curse. So, I mean, you know. But now, so tell everyone now what you're doing. I mean, now I know. So everybody, for you guys that know, it's kind of a sad deal. But she has, uh, you know, during COVID, obviously, all businesses are struggling. She she started up a venture that she's put her life savings in. And it's it's hit a desalinization point where it's about to crumble. And she now is in a between a rock and a hard place since she's found me obviously also she's similarly been kind of cut off um and we won't get into it too much but she now is on her own and now she has kind of been cut off from anything she had from uh, her other side so now this just hit and now i'm going to try to help her and uh i'm going to try to raise her some funds and uh, so she can keep her dream alive and just actually help her live. Um, and we don't live close to each other at all. So um, we're trying to figure out a way to raise her some funds. So I'm going to post it and we're going to get it out there. So I appreciate you guys supporting this situation. It's very unique. And I know we're all in troubled times and it's COVID and all that. But support some small businesses because she's... Uh, She's been supporting small businesses as hers is crumbling in front of her eyes. So now, 
as dad, I'm going to try to be the savior here and try to figure out a way to help her. So if you guys, all you fans out there, I don't know what I have to do, man. Give you a fucking puppy from Stogie that when he has one, a bottle of whiskey, a fucking book, you name it, poster, I don't care. Um, anything you guys want. Meet and greet for a day, smoke a cigar, drink whiskey with me, I don't care. But if I do a GoFundMe uh, or something like that I've never done before and I've never asked anyone for anything, but uh, I might just be asking you guys for some support to help her get her business back up and running and uh, before it crumbles and uh, before she loses everything she had. And even though she's young, um, you know, basically she has to uh, she's in a hard uh, a place between a rock and a hard place. So we're going to try to do something like that and uh, we'll post it out and uh, soon. And I just want to make sure you guys are aware of it and I appreciate you guys in advance. Uh, for helping us out yeah. and if it's not mine support any small business like we have to keep those alive um no doubt and the reason i just said that my daughter didn't even know i was going to say it or do it but that's what i'm going to do i'm going to get a gofundme going because i've seen her post and i've seen her uh keeping small businesses alive and even in the midst of her own crumbling so i just think it's a great thing and uh so I'm gonna hear. I'm here for her as I always will be and have been. So I'm trying to help her out. So if you uh, if you feel like you can, fifty cents a dollar. I don't give a shit. If you guys can help out, help out. And like I said, we'll 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 link it. We'll hook it up. We'll set it up. And uh, you know me, man. I'm a realist. I'm a genuine cat. I'm not here for no shady bullshit. I'm here to try to help people out, and that's what I do. Especially, I'm gonna go above and beyond for my own uh, blood. So. Just so you guys know, this is uh, you know, this is uh, this is my baby Giselle, and you know, I I actually spelled her name with a Z. Um, we talked about it the other day, but she wanted they wanted to spell it with an S, and I was like, no, nah, that's just normal. I want to be different. We're fucking different around here, so it's with a Z. But um, none of you creepy fucks follow her on social media either. <laughs> but her social media is. O H dot G I Z E L L E. DM me. I will always DM back if it's appropriate because I know sometimes I get some crazy DMs, but um, right. I try to be as engaging as possible. So talk to me if you guys have like questions, you want help reaching out to one of your own parents, siblings, friends, long lost relatives. Reach out to me, DM me. Um, all my social media handles are the same TikTok, Instagram. And she can get into her businesses and stuff with you. Um, what she's and what her business is at another time. This isn't for that, but but at the same time, it's oh dot Giselle. And that's all social media. Yes. Um. So that's Instagram, TikTok. Basically, that's it, huh? Yeah. So you got Facebook? Nope. All right, I got Facebook. So I'll post it on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Plus, it'll be on YouTube. Follow my YouTube, and you'll make sure that this thing is out there, and uh, we'll get it going. And, uh, hey, man, I just wanted to reach out and show the story. And I reached out to Greg Whiteley, the producer at Last Chance You. He obviously, uh, he may want to do something with this as well. But we'll talk about that later. And uh, we'll see what happens, man. I know uh, TMZ reached out to me the other day. And uh, TMZ Sports, anyway. And uh, I'll think about doing something. But I don't think it's that. I don't I don't need to exploit this. I just met my daughter. I reengaged with her. And um, reconnected, and we'll go from there. And then, you know, if you guys got questions, I'm sure you'll see this podcast, you'll see this YouTube, you'll see the social media, and uh, maybe it'll be fucking trending or some shit. 
next <laughs> next year next Imagine year boy it plateaus, it does next bad. to orange pill trump so anyway hey man i appreciate you guys uh give me a hug and uh i'll see you guys uh on the rebound Thanks, guys. Peace. Hope this ain't my last chance. Hope it ain't my last chance. For me, will I make it? Will I take it to the top? We gon' see. It's the last chance for you. Last chance for me. It's the last chance for you. Last chance for me. It's the last chance for you. Last chance for me. Will I make it? Will I take it?